Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the College Hockey Frozen Podcast here in studio with Jay Ashdown. My name is Vinny Cristiano, and we're going to go over what happened in the last week of the NCAA Division One ice hockey scene. We have a couple things to go over. RIT swept Air Force. Justin Kappelmaster, solid as always. That's not even really a surprise anymore. Daniel Arbani returned for the Golden Griffins. Sacred Heart continues their impressive year, and Niagara having a little bit of, tough, of a tough time getting in the win column. Clarkson split with Wisconsin, which is pretty big, and also we'll take a look at the new NCAA ruling, um, which might or might not affect hockey players as much um, as we might think. So, for the next episode of the Canuse College College Hockey Frozen Podcast, let's go. Happy Halloween, Jay. Welcome back. Hello. What's up, Vincent? Uh, not much. You look fantastic as Gardner Minshew today. Thank you. I just want to compliment you on that. I, I appreciate it. Um, we are going to take a look at what happened last week in college hockey. We were a little more uh, worried about our NHL podcast this week. So this episode yeah. is probably not going to be as long as last week where we spent a lot of time preparing for the college hockey podcast and right. no time at all preparing for the NHL podcast. But as we mentioned on the podcast last week, it's a lot easier to mess around and take up time on the NHL podcast than it is on this one. Yeah. So um, this one probably won't be nearly as long as last week's was. Not a bad thing, Which isn't such a bad thing at all. Um, We'll try to keep it interesting and moving forward. So um, the first thing on the docket today, a little bit of Atlantic hockey-focused action, RIT, who has Logan Drackett as one of the best goalies in the NCAA in general. Yeah. That much less You're starting to believe in, in what I've said about him? I'm starting to believe you, Jay. I am starting to Kids not doubt you at all. an absolute stud. Um, they swept Air Force. And, of course, I mean, Logan Drackett stole the show. Um, so, Jay, what what do you see from Logan Drackett that's just well, that's having, spectacular? Well, having watched the games... Um, I had a feeling he was going to have a good weekend against uh, Air Force. Air Force is one of those teams that just it's, it's throw the puck on net by any means possible from any angles. Uh, they also have a lot of air, a space behind the net to base of like I don't know if you've ever seen their rink before. There is a lot of space behind both nets. Oh, which wh- who who is the rink of this again? This is Air Force. Air Force rink. I have not seen because like no. every rink Colorado, is different. Right? Yeah. yeah, every rink is different. Like uh, mm-hmm. mi- like when I when I watch Minnesota, like it's very wide. It's not like Olympic right. wide, but it's like right. pretty close. And to like it. you know, like like Notre Dame's rink is like really like square. It's very yes, 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 yes yeah. absolutely. Okay, yeah. So like certain teams will like try and get like advantages that way. Right. Um, that's Air Force's kind of thing is they're used to having that much space. Okay. So they operate behind the net. They want to get shots. They want to get traffic bites in the net. The problem is, as we saw last year, is they would do that, and they almost had that North Dakota kind of struggle trying to find offense because they would control play. They would like, like they, they could possess the puck for like 40 minutes. Get forty shots on net and still lose a game like two to one, even if they only let like eleven shots on net. We saw that so many times for both those teams last year, and that problem continued this weekend against RIT. RIT knew what they had to do. They needed to just defend, keep them to the outside like they did. Don't give them any great A scoring chances. They got 
RIT got outshot in this series, eighty to twenty-two. In the series, eighty to twenty-two. They got swept. The Air Force got swept. Yeah. So that, that that's that, that's incredible. So you, they continue. So so you, what you're saying is Air Air Force has continued the problem that they've had in the past that it, North Dakota of, had in the past. Yes. Okay. Of dominating yes. games, getting a lot of shots, and but just, just not being not, able to put away. They, the they can't buy chances. a goal. They just can't. So that's and that's a lot of the reason that. Canisius beat North Dakota last year as they yeah. couldn't buy a goal. Well, it's what we, we beat uh, Air Force in the, the one series we played in Colorado last right. year. Right, We earned, earned a split. Matt Ladd had a shutout. Yeah. And, like, when whenever anybody plays well against Air Force, I believe Matt Ladd had a 38-safe shutout. We saw uh, Logan Drackett stopped 79-80. He was incredible. That's unreal. He's incredible. That is unreal. And you only get 22 shots on net from RIT, but guess what? Guess what? You got three goals out of it. So you win a game one nothing, and you win a game two to one. They did what they had to do, six points, and they're moving out of there. But uh, Logan Dragett, very important. Uh, didn't make any spectacular saves, but the important thing is he's swallowing pucks and he's not giving up any rebounds. So he he was terrific. Absolutely terrific in that series. Logan Drackett and Justin Kappelmaster are going to continue to impress this year. I'm very excited to see them play. Justin Kappelmaster's coming here next week. Yes, he is. Um, well, it's, ironically, I will be in Cleveland for that, so I won't be here probably. <laughs> but um, but that is somebody that, like, I would love to see them, like, get national attention just because that brings more, you know, positive attention to the, you know, to the conference and, and to Robert Morris and stuff. So, right. Um, Obviously, good, but Drackett itself, I mean, we mentioned that goaltenders are a lot of the reason that upsets happen. So yeah, I they're, they're like be, the main reason. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see RIT and or Robert Moritz in the Atlantic Hockey Championships this year. Yes, absolutely. What would the odds would be to both of them? Pretty good. They can continue this way. Now, I have a feeling that's not going to happen, and here's why. Do you want to know why, or do you have a feeling you know why? Because it's hard to sustain that kind of success for a goaltender? No, that's not my reasoning. My reasoning is when you take a look at how the rankings will break down, right, how the, the – I have a feeling that they'll meet, they'll play each other, but maybe not in the finals. Right, that's what I'm thinking. okay. I'm thinking I AIC – I still think AIC takes – I think AIC wins the conference, okay? Yeah. Right? So that would mean then – so, like, let's say Robert Morris with Kappelmaster – finishes second and RIT is third, let's just say, mm-hmm. right? Or even if they're fourth and fifth and, say, Bentley finishes second, you know, and, right. and Niagara is third or something, even though Niagara's struggling right now. You know, I'm going to throw a team out there just Sacred for, Heart. yeah. Sacred Heart's Sacred been Heart. really good this yeah. year. And, and, and Josh Benson was a little inconsistent last year, but he showed some really good flashes, and he's been rock solid this year too. It's a goaltender's conference. I would love to see. And, well, that's even if you look at Canisius. Wh- or you get is, her bandy back. Who is Canisius' best player right now? It's got to be between the pipes. Yeah. I mean, don't you know, Matt Steef is good. Matt Steef's been great. He's He's been playing Hoover, outstanding. Uh, Nick Hutchison, like, like there's a, Austin Alger. Yeah. But, like, but when, when, when you've you got look at herbs, it, they have three healthy. amazing goaltenders. Well, you know, three really, really solid goaltenders. Yes. You know? Absolutely. I mean, when you're when you, I mean, I don't know who has really the advantage in terms of 
I mean, Urbani's only played one game. Not sure, you know, who plays this weekend at Union. You know, do they split? I mean, I'd imagine they'd split. One goalie is not going to play this weekend. Is there going to be Urbani again, or is it? Gonna I be feel like it might be Urbani and Lad that play this weekend. Yeah, I, you know. No, you know, I'm interested. I'm going to be at the – I have to work on Friday, but I'll be at the game on Saturday. It'll be cool to see at least one of them. I've never seen Urbani play live. He was I, terrific. I've never seen him play live. I, right. I'm excited for that. Um, so, just to kind of jump back to where we started off, I mean, this conference is full of really good goalies. So, it's really – so, it might not be as easy as we think for those two standout goalies – to win them, the, you know, to get them that high up in the conference because every other team also has really good goalies. If you look at NCAA right now and look at save percentage, any guesses the top two? Um, I know the, the one of them is not from Atlantic Hockey. Nope. No, they're wrong. It's Drackett and Capelmaster? It's Drackett and Capelmaster. Wow. Who's the, okay, who's the other goalie that's really uh, good? Craig Pantano from Northeastern, Tyler Wall from UMass Lowell, and Frank Murat from uh, Clarkson. He also had a big weekend. We'll get yeah, to that soon. Yeah, but, we will. Uh, while we're on the topic of Kappelmaster, uh, watching that game against Penn State, he was terrific again on the road. Uh, and that's number 12 Penn State, mind you. Yes. Number 12 Penn this State. This is number 12 Penn who State, had just, the team that just came off of making the Big Ten Championship game last year. Right. They've got a lot of talent. Peyton Jones is a really good goaltender for them. Uh, this, this is a team that scored 20 goals in their first four games. And Justin Kappelmaster held them to two goals and made 34 saves. And they lost 2-1 to one right at the end. Like, it, it was a th- – uh, Penn State didn't take – 2-1 lead until like maybe like seven minutes left in the game. Well, that's what I'm reading a recap right here on AtlanticHockey.com. And the seven-minute mark, just under the seven-minute mark. Yeah. Less than seven minutes left to go in the game. I mean, that game was tied 1-1 for pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. So that's really, really neat. Um, sp- ranked opponents, AIC also lost to number three, Massachusetts. No shame in that. You know, no, and, and, and it's a, a very, very tricky uh, game. If you look in, you just see that they lost four to one. But they, that remember, was so close. Do you remember the, the team I said way. to look out for last week? I said, watch out for UMass. Yeah, UMass has played amazing so far. Yeah, this is that team. They're ranked third right now. I wouldn't expect. I you know I wouldn't be surprised to see them move up to maybe two, just because of how well they've played. Yeah. Now they're well coached team. A lot yeah. of talent. Yeah, exactly. That's that. I, I tell you that that's that engine wasn't. As good as Kale McCarr is, we love Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr wasn't the only one driving that bus last year. Yeah, there are a lot of other good players on that team, and there's a reason that they are four one and zero and ranked third right now. Uh, Cornell is ranked fourth. They have zero. They're zero zero and zero right now. Cornell. My sources tell me they haven't lost a game. Jay, you have good sources. Your sources are. Um, how'd you get impeccable? You you are just have so many more resources and just so much. Well, yeah, I remember. I met, I met Kyle Dubas. Duba. Kyle Duba. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, those are my sources. When I talked to Kyle Dubas, he told me Cornell has not lost a game. Jay has just so much respect in the industry than I do. Yeah. To have those sources. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Oh my god. The 
how the game between IAC and Massachusetts was four one. It was the um, it was a one one game in the first period. Yeah. Um, it was close through two. It, it, the, UMass didn't really the break tie one one. It was a one one tie until three minutes left to go in the game. Yeah. That's why, like, you look at the score and you see four one, and that's what it's complete fool. Yeah, you like, assume like, like okay, Massachusetts assume, dominated like, the game. Okay, like no, they, they didn't. No, they no, dominated the final three minutes. They outshot them ten to two in the final period. Um, three minutes, seventeen minute mark. So they, or hold on, wait a second. Seven min, just under the seven minute mark. I'd imagine. Okay, so the, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Seventeen minute mark is you know there's three minutes left. They scored back to back goals in thirty seven seconds, and then they got an empty netter. Yeah. That's not really. That's a four-one game, but it's not really. That's a not a four-one game. game, though. That that's yeah. like it, it. You know, it's literally a four-one game. It's not really a four-one. It's game. a four-one game. It's basically a three-one game, and it feels like a two-one game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which essentially means that they tied. You know, and then AIC <laughs> won the game. Yeah. No, we're stretching. which means AIC <laughs> is winning the national championship. We're stretching that just a little bit. Yes, a ton. Um. <laughs> all right. But. Ohio State rolled over Mercyhurst for the most part. Yeah. Um, 7-2 to was a score on Friday. 3-1 was a score on Saturday, so that's not so bad. Right. I mean, 3 one's basically 2-1, which is basically 1-1, which basically means Mercyhurst won the second game. They swept the series. 7-2 <laughs> <laughs> is basically 6-2, which is the same thing as like 5-2, which is like 5-3 pretty much, and it was a close game. Um, they won 7 nothing. We, have, we, we don't <laughs> We have we have no idea how hockey works. So, um, the uh, Buckeyes, Ohio State, which is ranked fifteenth at the time, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Cool, Jay. You're so awesome. Yeah. Did your sources give you that way to? Well, you know I'm a big Ohio State. guy. You are a big Ohio State guy. That was the. Um, we talked about that in the first episode, I think. Uh, four goals in the second period in the first game. Um, uh, got into penalty trouble late. And Ohio State had three power play goals, which is pretty big. Um, yeah, that's an effective power play. That is. Um, three more goals in the third to make it 7-2. Game two is closer. Um, let's take a look here. I'm just reading it slowly. Dalton Hunter tied the game 1-1, 26 seconds after the Buckeyes took a lead. That's a way to take some momentum out of a team that you're playing. Score right after they did. Right. Kind of shot them up a little bit. Um, and then just under three minutes later, Ohio State scored again. <laughs> so they didn't they didn't feel the momentum shift at all. <laughs> um, the Mercers did outshoot the Buckeyes fourteen to nine in the third period, though. Yeah, which is cool. Um, and another Atlantic hockey matchup after that. Bentley kind of gave Army the business five nothing on Friday. Um, let's see, uh, two nothing lead, shorthanded goal by Yakov Novak, who is a one of the few uh, – Ottawa, well, he's an Ottawa Senators draft pick, actually. Um, I feel like every college player is like, has been drafted Ottawa by the Ottawa Senators. We went over – was it two weeks ago they were talking about It was about like that? Shane Pinto, Jacob yeah. Bernard Docker. Yeah. It's like yeah. you get this – but there's, there's even more than that that I'm not thinking of right now. It's just like literally everybody has been drafted I by the I was meant to respond, then I started yawning. Bentley played another game on Saturday against St. Louis. They lost that game um, 3-0. It was the first ever meeting between St. Louis and Bentley. Speaking of St. Lawrence, though. They tied um, uh, 2-2 with someone, didn't they? uh, I'm not sure. Pretty sure they did. Maybe it was last weekend. 
Um, however, their captain is done for the year, though, which is unfortunate. Carson Gichowitz? Gichowitz? I believe. I apologize, Carson, and anybody who might know him for probably butchering his name just then. He announced via social media that he is out for the season with a torn ACL. Um, however, he's from Buffalo, which means he's we're you know kind of partial to him being good. Um, you know, hoping for the best for him. Obviously, not just because the injury, but just in general. He's only played two games, so he is eligible for a medical redshirt, which if he will the, take. <laughs> yes, if the school can find an academic situation, he can fit into. That's the quote from CollegeHockeyNews.com. That's going to happen. Yeah. That, for sure. Why would they not? You know? He's your captain. Yeah. They will uh, They'll make that happen somehow. Yeah. So hopefully he can have a good year next year. Come off the ACL just as strong as beforehand. Um, in terms of St. Lawrence tying somebody, 2-2 uh, you said, Jay? believe so. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong team. No, they tied Holy Cross. Two, two. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, after overtime. Um, Top tie works. They did play. They have also played Mercyhurst. Uh, St. Lawrence has. And they just played Bentley. So they're basically an Atlantic hockey team. <laughs> I mean, When's when, when it comes down to it. Hmm? When's their meeting with Canisius? Uh, the NCAA tournament when they both make it. Fair. They do not play any more Atlantic hockey opponents for the rest of the year, though. Right. They just they're they're done now. They play Clarkson on Friday. Is their next? Then they start just uh, in 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 conference stuff. Should we get to Clarkson? Clarkson is good at hockey. Clarkson's very good at hockey. Got a chance to see the first game of this series. Uh, Clarkson won that game very convincingly. Uh, Alex Turcott was out of the game, but still, Cadre Miller, uh, Cole Caulfield still playing in that game. Very strong Wisconsin team at home. And Frank Murat just kind of went into that game and just shut everybody up. Had a 38-save shutout. Uh, Jack Jacome made it one nothing. Devin Brasso, Harold's Eagle, and Josh Dunn also scored goals in the game. Just a very, very complete game by Clarkson. That they, they just is a awesome good way to win hockey games. Yeah. Play 60 minutes. Um, but that's one thing that we noticed from Clarkson is that they did play Canisius last year, so we got a chance to kind of take a look at them that way. Yeah, they play them twice. Yeah, so so you kind of have an opportunity to kind of take a look at them in general. Now, Clarkson is ranked 11th in the country right now. Obviously, you don't get there for no reason unless you're Cornell, who doesn't have a loss <laughs> or also a win. But the... The way Clarkson plays is just overall really impressive, and I, they they definitely show that their talent and their they're they're very stifling team. Yeah, which is and that's aggravating to teams when you yes. play them. If you can kind of stop them from getting momentum, if you can, like you said, you, stifle is a good word for that. Just it's so aggravating to play against. Then you're more prone to mistakes, and it's a good way to win hockey teams. Felt games. like that's how Wisconsin lost that game. Like, like you just feel like well, that's Wisconsin is a talented hockey. They're team. a talented hockey team. They thrive like crazy on adrenaline with their young players. The momentum they get in a game, they can roll three goals off of you, like that, 
And that's actually what they did in the second game. Uh, they came out really frustrated after the loss. And in the first seven minutes and eight seconds, they had a 3 nothing lead. Uh, Roman Akan, Cole Caulfield, and Kendra Miller all had goals. So Clarkson's down 3 nothing in the first seven minutes of the game. But then Adam Tisdale and Devin brought Brasso had two goals. They they tied it with 72 seconds left in regulation at 3-3. Really impressive. Unfortunately, though, Wisconsin did have one last rush in them, went down the ice, and a rebound with 6.1 seconds left gave them the win. That's tough. That is tough. But Wisconsin but you is know a what? good team. Wisconsin's a very good team. And the you talent, came back the from 3-0 down. Eventually. You yeah. got to split. Like, I know that you know some of these teams don't want to look at like moral victories and whatnot. That's a really, really good weekend for Clarkson. Yeah, that that's a, a, a that's a huge prove it weekend for Clarkson. Yeah. Spe- um, just to jump in about Cornell, they are the ECAC favorite, and they did beat yes. the national development pro team, US team that just played Canisius. They beat them three nothing. No, not that that, that really counts. That's an exhibition game. It's an exhibition but game, that, but still, it's a very does, talented. That does team. have a little bit to do with their ranking as fourth, even though they haven't played a game. They open up against Michigan this weekend, though. So it'll be interesting to see how they fall on the rankings after they play Michigan, who is very good. Yes, well, it's Michigan. I mean, you, you know, you don't get you're not not good. So I can get rid of that tab now. I just wanted to see how Cornell was was doing. Right. Um, Canisius College and Cornell, same amount of wins, man. They're just as good as each other are. Yeah. They they both played uh, the United States development team. Yes, they have. And the score was three nothing both games. No, it wasn't. I'm no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just trying to make things up because I don't know how to anything about sports. That's why I'm here and not playing them. Um, in terms of actual realistic things happening, um, UMass Lowell did shock number seven Providence over the weekend. That was on Saturday. This was in overtime though, so it wasn't yes. just a regular straight up regulation thing. But well, that's the second time Providence has been upset in overtime yes. by a team they were expected to beat. Yeah, absolutely. UMass Lowell um, was uh, led by senior goalie Tyler Wall, who, who a, is excellent. He's uh, top five in save percentage. Brick Wall, but um, um, forty saves on forty two shots um, on the road. It was at Providence. That's, that's excellent. Against number seven ranked Providence. Providence is amazing. Um, Carl Berglund scored the game clinching goal with 39.7 seconds left in the extra session overtime to win it for UMass Lowell. Not you, just UMass. Got to be a little more specific right. there. Um, There's UMass Lowell and UMass Amster, Amherst. Yes. Not U- UMass Hamster. <laughs> UMass Hamster. Um. That, should there be any concern for Providence? Like, I know, like, upsets happen in college hockey. They happen in all sports uh, in their close games. But still, that's twice now that they've lost 3-2 to two in overtime to a team that they were expected yeah, I, to beat I'd at be home. Yeah, I'd be afraid of their finish ability at that point. Like, I understand that sometimes a team's going to play really well, you know. But, yeah, you can't really have bad games. You know, you gotta if you you know, especially if you're gonna get ranked, if you're gonna get an at-large bid to the tournament, if you're gonna make it, you gotta be able to win games that you should win. Right. I mean, so you know. And I don't I don't think there's any 
there will be any trouble for right Providence Ooh, getting into the tournament. But UMass Lowell's um, first goal in the game. I it's uh, Brown is the last name number ten. Absolute rifle. Did you see that? Yeah. That's that's unreal. But yeah, so but in terms of Providence itself, I mean, watching the highlights here, obviously, I mean, like they're a good team and they're dominating the game itself. But then, like a mistake like that on which is probably gonna be UMass's next goal, yeah, that's just a a defensive mistake. So I'll, I'll try and narrate this for you guys. I can't do the names or anything. So Providence kind of breaks out the zone. They get into the neutral zone, fumble the puck a little bit. Um. So the the winger who's on the far side of the ice kind of sends it towards the center here after he gets the pass up the wall. He kind of holds the puck. He's standing still. Sends it back for defenseman skating up the ice, and one of the UMass players kind of just attacked him straight up. Kind of went. Then he got. The, he turned the puck over. Turns into like kind of like a two-on-one for for them. And I mean, if you look at this, I mean, there's two Providence players standing right next to each other. So he's obviously not a passing outlet. Not sure if he was trying to like set a pick to give him some more time. Um, he's but got I mean, a guy like right behind him too. Yeah, right. I mean, you, I mean, you can make this, you can make this drop pass, but he's also moving forward, so he's skating into the forecheck as well. Then when he, when the defenseman catches the puck, they're within like three feet of each other. Mm-hmm. So Providence has three feet, guys, three feet of each other there. The forwards have already skated up past the forecheck, so you have three UMass players on the attacking side of the red line. Providence has three as well, and then you're already, you know, it's even manned. You don't have enough support back there, and there's no outlets for the pass for that defenseman. So he tries to spin away from the forecheck. He loses the puck, tries to give it to his defensive partner. He he skated past the puck, and then uh, UMass Lowell gets kind of like a two-on-one type thing. The guy takes a shot from the right side, and the goaltender, it kind of goes right through him, really, and just kind of dribbles behind him. Great job by that UMass Lowell player, though, to go to the net for the rebound. Instead of skating by the net, so the puck was laying right wait, behind the goal and he tapped it in. No, wait, wait, they're gonna show the the replay in slow motion here. Yeah, this is just on YouTube. Um, I want to see how did this puck go. So you see it. So we'll go back to slow motion here as they're after they're yes. celebrating. This makes it two one, yeah. by the way. So you, he walks in, takes a shot from the circle, and it goes That's right underneath the right arm of the goalie. Oh, and then he tapped. And he and tapped, then he tapped, it tapped in from it behind the goalie. Yeah. When I first saw it, I, I did. I saw it in real time, and it almost looked like he shot it, and it went off the defender's skate. Yeah, no, it, it but went. No, he, oh, it a, went a good, little This is a view from behind the net. Here, watch this. Oh, they didn't get. They didn't start the clip on time. But still, that's, that's a really good play. Yeah, it is, and that's good on him by going to the net. That's one of the biggest pet peeves of people in hockey is after you take a shot going by the net, he went towards the net. Now it's two one. Providence winning a faceoff. It looks like they're on a five on three power play, and they scored there. Um, so that's good. Tie the game at two. They're pretty hyped up about that. So, in just in general, right at the dot. and that's a that's a good shot too. Not really a lot of chance for a goalie there. Five on three, you, you know. Uh, with the way Tyler Wall was playing, I mean, yeah. even with how good he was, right. no way he's stopping that. No, and at five on three, I mean, there's not even that's you know uh, you should be scoring on five on three power plays. Yes, and Providence. Did. That's a pet peeve. For them. Yes. If you're not scoring on at least like yeah. thirty or forty percent of your five on threes, yeah, or getting at least yeah. good chances, exactly. Yeah, at least you can switch momentum. Now, here's another look at this. Like, so here's the breakout. So, guy makes a change while the the other team is now. That's just a just a bad mistake. The Providence makes a change while UMass is breaking out of their zone. So this is the second period. Providence's bench is in the, the Lowell end. 
So Lowell has the puck. They dump it out past center while Providence is making a personnel change, and it's a two-on-one, and the rebound just is a, that's beautifully executed by UMass Lowell. I hope if you're listening to this, you're able to watch the, the YouTube video because it doesn't make any sense unless you can see it, really. But it's a two-on-one coming down the left side of the ice in the second period from right to left, UMass Lowell, two-on-one. The defenseman plays the two-on-one, skates towards the shooter, that Brown, who scored the first goal. He fires it far pad on the goalie, and the second guy trailing to that goes right to the slot and buries the rebound. That's a beautifully executed two-on-one far pad rebound goal. That's how you win hockey games. And that was, as a matter of fact, the goal in overtime. It is. I, I love it when players just shoot the puck off of goalie's pad. It's such a smart play. It is. I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, like one of my favorite goals ever, like game seven between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs in 2013 when the the Maple Leafs took a 4-1 lead because they had a two-on-one. And Phil Kessel, head up all the way. He's a sniper from the right wing side. Just shoots the puck for two grass pad. It was just a wide open rebound. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that it, oh, that it, it just looks That's when, a it, when it works. Play. It just it just looks great. Like it, it does. just it's beautiful. Well, this here's another angle of this here, Jay. I mean, so when you when they break out of the zone here, so Providence gets what looks like a shot on that. UMass spins around below their dot, and then you can you see You can't the, have crabby changes in overtime. No. In, exactly. So you see the one forward skate to the bench. I, sure, he'd probably been out there for a long time, but they have possession of it on the left side, on the side where your bench is, and they're breaking out. So the, the Providence player changes. His, his The guy that's switching for him is ready to go, but that guy had a... He could have forechecked the puck. And if you dump it in deep again, then you go for a change, and it's no consequence. But UMass Lowell has the puck. They bounce it off the glass past that guy, and then it goes past the defenseman, too, who pinched. Kind of a tough pinch for him. Yeah. And a great read by the second guy to charge the net on the rebound. And it's the right play to shoot it off the pad because it wasn't like a direct like two-on-one where you come in with a lot of speed and space. He was trailing him, so to make that pass – would make the pass with the back checker coming, and it wouldn't have. It, it's just it just doesn't work, especially when you got another guy who's also left-handed on the other side of the yeah, ice. Exactly. It, it, so shooting that puck off the pad is by far the best thing you can do in that situation. It was a great read. Yeah. Yeah, that is just beautiful hockey. That's, that that's a game where Providence is a better team, but their execution was lacking. Yes, you and, can't, and you'll, you can't you'll, making, you'll see that. You in can't the full be making season. changes on the back check in overtime. Yeah, you, you can't. can't do you that. can't. I understand. Like, if he was behind the play already, that's one thing. But he literally could have gone and forecheck the defenseman. He was yeah. perfect. He had the perfect angle. You forecheck him, force force him to make a play on the puck with that pressure. You maybe a turn the puck over, cause a mistake, and you get possession. Then what you do? You dump it in deep, and then you get a change. Yeah. Right. Or you find an outlet to maintain possession. But you are skating backwards towards your bench as the guy with the puck from the other team is skating right behind you. That's just not a good play. So that's the reason for that. And that's uh, that's all she wrote for that game. You know what is good hockey, though? I'm a big goalie guy. You are a big so goalie you know, guy. You, you know I love me some uh, Kappelmaster. Yes, you do. Some Logan Drackett. You know, you know another guy I really like? Who's that? 
I like Josh Benson. Who's Josh Benson, Jay? I know who it is, but you just yes. you're excited. Excellent goaltender for Sacred Heart. Had a big weekend just like Dragon. Not nearly as good of a weekend. But still, really, really good. First game, 24 safe shutout, then stopping 33 of 34 against Niagara. Big sweep for Sacred Heart. Austin, McElmurray, and Jason Cotton both had uh, two goals in a game this series. Mike Lee had three assists in the 3-1 win, which was the second game that they played. That's a big big six points for Sacred Heart early on in the season. And Niagara moves to 0-4, 0-2 in conference play. Um, granted, it's just one series. You look at the 0-4, don't panic. The other two losses were to Minnesota on the road, and they were close games. So, Yeah. Not not the way Niagara wanted to get off to their season, but still no, no reason to panic. But a, gr- a really, really good start there, to the season there, for Sacred Heart. Yeah, there's a lot of time left. Absolutely there is. And you, you can understand that in general – you know, it's very easy to get points because of the the three-point system that we have now. Yeah. So if you really need points, you can get them if you play up to it. In I terms mean, of – sorry? Sacred Heart's now 2-1 and one in conference play, Yeah, which is huge. Yeah. Robert Morris leads the conference 3-1 and one right now. Um, RIT is second, 2-0. and oh. Sacred Heart is third, 2-1. and one. Then AIC, Army, and Bentley. Holy Cross, Mercius, Canisius – because they're all 0-0 oh, yeah, oh no in have, conference play. Holy Cross, Mercer, and Canisius have not played in conference yet. And Canisius does not until next week Next week at Robert Morris, which is going to be a big test for them. Which because is uh, you get a home-and-home home series. Yeah. You got one game at Robert Morris. You got one game at Canisius. Pick one of those games up. Yeah. Get off to the season on the right foot. Just try and, 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 and get one of those games. And Robert Morris is already pretty much in midseason form. They have played seven games. I think they play again this weekend. So they're going to have nine games under their belt when, when Canisius comes to town. And Canisius will only have five. Mm-hmm. So in conference play, Canisius has not played anybody yet. You really, and especially if you're going to play Capelmaster, you have to figure out a way to, to move the puck around and really t- take advantage of the man advantage. If you're, if you're going to score, yes. the best way to do that would be on the power play. And, and Canisius has struggled with that right. mightily. So... Hopefully they can figure that out because it, you need to be able to work the puck around, get Cavmaster moving to just create openings in the net. You know, because he, he's so just acro- get bodies to the net he's, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screen him if he can't see the puck, his chance of making no a save goalie are, is going to make a save if they can't see the puck, unless it just unless hits it's, them. unless it hit you know unless they react and it hits them. But like they're not going to be able to be like, oh, the puck's going over here. I'm gonna. Like they, right. like you, you just, can't, you, you can't you, see you it. You guess, can't make an but act. You know, you're not making an active save. You're making, I guess, like a passive save. Does that make sense? You're basically making just an educated guess, right? Which good goalies are good at that. Yeah. But yeah, so if you're Canisius, you need to go and screen Capmaster, charge net for rebounds, and get a lot of shots because eventually they'll go in. Right. You know. I don't even know though. Do you want to get him in a rhythm? I'd rather get shots and get chances than not take shots. I know, but I mean, it, I mean, I, you know, I want is, high, Canisius has never really been a, a, a high volume kind right. of team. They're more of a quality chance kind of team. Right. But the thing is, is like we see like these guys, Capelmaster, and I mean, we just saw Dracket when they face high volume shots, they 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 tend to do well. 
Yeah. Well, I'm because they get into good a rhythm to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. We have not seen a whole lot of Canisius yet this year, so it'll be interesting to see. They have played the least amount of games in Atlantic hockey. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, they still have to develop their own team rhythm this year. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. And it's tough to do when you've played three, three, four games. Right. One of them is an exhibition. Uh, But you've played North North Dakota Dakota in the series, RPI, and then the Was RPI ranked at the time? No. They're 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 not ranked. Not ranked? Okay. Uh, But still Then you you, you have Union this weekend. And you got Union this weekend. Who has been ranked in the past recently. They're one and seven on the year, though. But no. I just mean like last well, year. Like, like last year they, they were, were ranked, team. but it, it, it's but a very, very it's a very very young union team. So a lot of freshmen on that team. Well, so, but that's I mean you know if you want to, f- so maybe you can take advantage of that. Because that's you, I, I think so. I think that's a good opportunity. Yeah. You, you got to go out and kind of impose your will a little bit. Yeah, and be the physical team if you're Canisius and try and wear them down as much as you can. Next couple games. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Jeez, I'm yawning like crazy. I'm going to take a nap. Next five games on the docket. Next four, rather, for Atlantic Hockey. Air Force and Sacred Heart have a conference matchup um, at Sacred Heart on Friday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Mercyhurst is at Bentley for another conference matchup November 1st, which is Friday at 7.05 p.m. Holy Cross is at RIT, another in-conference matchup. And AIC at Army. So, pretty much, so eight Atlantic hockey teams have in-conference games this weekend. Isaac Canisius does play um, Union this week. I'm not sure if Air Force or I imagine that they probably would have some sort of game this weekend. But um, hockey continues, and the standings will be shaped a little bit better after this weekend because of all the conference play that is happening. And then after that, we're pretty much in full swing, um, and we'll keep an eye on the standings. Every week. Um, in terms of other news, the NCAA did clear uh, the way for athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. This is obviously a little more pertinent for football and basketball. Not really sure how this is going to affect NCAA hockey, but in terms of yeah, advertisements, really no uh, you know, I don't know. Now, obviously, you've seen it probably on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Flow Hockey now, you know, obviously has the games on there. They are. I mean, that's how I watch the games. Right. So now using the players' pictures in the advertisements on, like, is that an opportunity where a, a player might be able to profit off of that or no? I'm not totally sure. One thing I, I would be very interested in that I really starts to hope happening from this is the potential for jersey sales. That's the one thing I really hope. Like, they, they talked about name, name and likeness. Yeah. And we see, like, sometimes they'll sell, like, college football jerseys, but they won't have, like, the last name on right. it. Like, the Ezekiel Elliott jersey I had right. when I bought, we, he was still in college, was just 15, and then it had the patch on it. Right. I would really, really like to be able to see certain players, like your star players in college hockey, have their jerseys be sold by the teams. Yeah. Because if last year, if this rule was in place, I would have bought a Kale McCarr jersey for UMass. That would be cool, yeah. Like and a lot, of, I think a lot of people would actually jump on that. I think yeah. that's a that's a way that some of these hockey players could make money, especially like, especially for for families and stuff like that, or, or like little kids. You know, like I imagine yeah. a little kid from Buffalo watching Dylan McLaughlin play last year. I mean, he probably yeah. had a couple as well. 
But we would have enjoyed that. I mean, yeah. But I mean, but think about how many Alex Tricot and Cole Caulfield jerseys yeah. were selling Wisconsin. I mean, you know? uh, Spencer Knight at, at Boston College. Right. Yeah. That might be something that, but we will see how this. They they say they want everything kind of sorted out by January 2021, so they have a little over a year. We'll see how that ends up playing out, and how that affects hockey. There's not really a whole lot about hockey. I mean, I was searching and searching, and I could not figure out a single way that they talked about hockey in this at all. This is really meant specifically for football. A lot of people are hoping for the return of the NCAA EA Sports video games. Um, yes, which would be awesome. Oh my god, that would be sweet. <laughs> However, not to mention if if they ever decided to come out with a hockey game, you actually would never see me again. Yeah, that's true. Jay would be off the podcast and I could probably drop out of school. Probably. Yeah. That would be so cool. But it's very unlikely to begin with. Right. So that's the uh that's the scoop on that. Um, just to go over the standings right now real quick, Robert Morris, I kind of went over this already, but Robert Morris leads the Atlantic Hockey at 3 and 1. In conference, RIT, Sacred Heart, AIC, and Army round out the top five. Bentley, Holy Cross, Mercyhurst, and Canisius are five, six through nine. Obviously, three of those teams, Holy Cross, Mercyhurst, and Canisius, have not played a conference game yet. Niagara and Air Force, both with two conference losses. None of They do not have a win on the year yet in terms of, of uh, But they've played play. some tough teams. So Yes, they have. So, I won't, you know, I don't want to. They, they had a tough much. Atlantic hockey weekend. Uh you know, Air Force with RIT, Niagara with Sacred Heart. But, I mean, we're not going to fault uh, Air Force for getting swept by Arizona State and Notre Dame. No, we're and not. And we're definitely not going to clown Niagara for literally being in both games against uh, Minnesota, losing in overtime, and then basically losing by a goal in the second game. Yeah. The... Overall NCAA rankings on NCAA.com, the USCHO rankings. Denver at the top again. They are 6-0-0 on the year. Minnesota State, 5-0-1. They're second. UMass is third, 4-1-0. That's the team I mentioned to watch out for. Cornell, with all of their wins and all of their losses, are fourth. Notre Dame is fifth, 4-0-0 on the year. Minnesota Duluth. Notre Dame's had a really good start to the year. Yeah, they have. Um, I I watched them the other day. Their football team, though, not not uh, not doing so hard. You, you can see how I feel about them on uh, the college football podcast. That's I will go give that a listen. Um, I don't understand. Overrated. I don't understand why you know you're you're playing in what is essentially a monsoon. Why do you not run the ball more? Yeah. I don't, or here's an idea: Michigan's only running the ball. Maybe blitz. <laughs> why would you do that? Like, you can play man coverage and. Yeah, why only? Why, why, why do that when you could like rush four and with your terrible pe- rush? De- why? Why is their run defense so bad? This isn't a college football podcast, but still, their run defense <laughs> is terrible, yeah. and it's monsooning. You know they're not going to throw the ball, and yeah. they're still like, and they're still, and Michigan's still three averaging three like eight rush. yards a carry. Yeah, like that, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Anywho, Notre Dame is fifth. Minnesota Duluth sixth. Wisconsin seventh. Providence eighth. Quinnipiac ninth. Northeastern. Is tenth. Northeastern's had a really good rise the last couple of weeks to to number ten spot. Yeah, they're four one and one now. Their previous rank was eleventh. They moved up one. Providence dropped from seventh to eighth. Quinnipiac stayed at ninth. Minnesota Duluth moved up two. Wisconsin dropped one. Providence dropped one. I already said that. 
Clarkson moved up a bit, I believe, to 11. Clarkson moved from 13 to 11. Penn State stayed at 12. Ohio State moved from 15 to 13. North Dakota moved up from 16 to 14. Boston College dropped from 10th to 15th. They're 2-3-0 on the year now. St. Cloud State from 14th to 16th. UMass Lowell now ranked. They were not ranked last week. They're now 17. Um, Bowling Green is 18th. They were 17th. Harvard's 19th. That stayed there. And Northern Michigan was not ranked. They are now 20th. Others receiving votes. Western Michigan. Had a big weekend against Michigan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they had 79 votes. Omaha, Michigan, RIT got the most Atlantic hockey votes. Boston University, Minnesota, Brown, Bemidji State, Alaska, Maine, Colorado College, and Dartmouth are all the rest receiving votes. Surprised RIT got votes, but Robert no. Morris didn't. No, because I think uh, when you're looking at where you start off with rankings, um, you'd probably have RIT higher on that list. Like, like if they were to like list like one to sixty as far as like a lot of these college hockey teams are right. concerned, they probably have like RIT around like the thirty spot, and Robert Morris a little bit down on the list. Okay. So even though they've had like the kind of the same season so far, and they've been really impressive, they move up the same ladder at the same kind of pace. So it's okay. easier for RIT to get to get eventually. Like like I, I said it at, at I believe one of the po- like either the last one or two podcasts ago that if any team's going to make it into the top twenty five, it was probably going to be RIT. I did say that. I remember that. Yeah. Like, just it, it has to do with uh, the history behind the program, how good they are, and just the the season that they had last year. So it. it with the way that things are going right now, if, if any team were to make it into the top 25, I'll, I'll, reiterate, I'll reiterate it, it would be uh, RIT. Yeah, that makes sense. I would love to see them do that. That's always cool to see. Yeah. And like hockey team ranked. Really, really cool. Especially, you know, Rochester's right down the road. We'll go watch them be ranked, and hopefully it'll be cool to see, see that happen again. Points per game leaders in the NCAA. Cal Burke and Michael Leary, both from Notre Dame, are tied at two and three-quarter points per game. That's a lot of the reason for Notre Dame's success. Jack Dugan from Providence is third with two and a third points, 2.33. Nate Susie's from Penn State. I pronounce his name differently every week. Um, 2.2 points per game. Tice Thompson out of Providence is fifth. So two Providence players. and Okay, the top six is two Notre Dame players, two Providence players, two Penn State players. Penn State, Brandon Biro is sixth with 1.8 points per game. Um, highest Atlantic hockey player in terms of points per game is sophomore Dalton Hunter from Mercyhurst. Yeah. One and a half points per game. Very good player. Yeah. In, let's see here. Save percentage. Jay already went over it a little bit. Logan Drackett leads the entire country in save percentage with a .966 save percentage. Justin Kappelmaster is second with a .961. Craig Pantano out of Northeastern has a .947. He's tied with Tyler Wall out of UMass Lowell. Wall, a lot of the reason that they're now ranked. Both right. of them with a .947 save percentage. Both of them are seniors. Drackett is a junior, though, so keep an eye out for that. Francis Marat is fifth with a 945, and Peyton Jones out of Penn State, 942. Michael Lackey, John Lethemon, Dryden McKay, and Tommy Napier are next up. 
on the um on the top 10 rather uh next highest atlantic hockey goalie obviously aside from dracket and Capmaster. probably scog right um let's take a look here i gotta go down quite a bit uh matt radomsky from holy cross he's got a 916 save percentage where's scog Zacharias, he, Skog is two spots below Okay, him. so he's, he's just 12. a tick behind him. Yeah, All right. yeah just a little bit. Um, that's save percentage. Um, best power play in the NCAA belongs to Notre Dame. They're at a 33.3% power play. Omaha is second. They're tied with Renslayer and New Hampshire with a 31.8% three, th- power play. And... Uh, there's that power play penalty kill. I just clicked the same thing that I was just on. Sorry. Uh, top penalty kill. UMass. Their penalty kill is still 100%. They have not allowed a power play goal on 26 penalties. That's really good. That's unreal. Yeah, they they they've been really good all year. Denver's next. They've allowed one power play goal on 25 attempts. That's a 90 96% success rate. 95.8 is next for Army. Army's penalty kill is unreal. Minnesota State and Northeastern are next. North Dakota, Clarkson, Penn State, Minnesota Duluth, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. RIT is 12th. They're the next team. American International is 16th as well. Highest scoring offense, though, in the NCAA is Notre Dame. Wisconsin is second. Notre Dame has 5.25 goals per game. That's absolutely insane. Wisconsin's at 4.5, as is Providence. The highest Atlantic hockey team in terms of goals per game Sacred Heart with 2.83. And that's uh, that's all she wrote. The Atlantic Hockey Podcast thanks you for joining us. The, the Frozen College podcast. Hockey Frozen Podcast. I was getting to it. I just was reading what's on our, our docket here. Um, thank you very much for joining us. For Jay Ashdown, my name is Vinny Cristiano. Make sure to check out our other podcasts through Anchor on uh, at Real Griffcast on Twitter and Griffcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We will see you again next week where we go over everything NCAA college hockey. Have a great day, great week, and a happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween.